She's from the plants, right? Know anything about her other than her name? No, nothing. I couldn't be bothered to ask about her. I just... Huh? There's something here. Welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode-by-episode Gundam Seed podcast that now has to watch Destiny. My name is Jeremy. I'm also pulling a Venom Snake. I'm Tyler. Huh? I don't... I don't... uh, It's a Metal Gear Solid thing, but I don't exactly know what it's referring to. My name is Zach. I wasn't going to respond until you said your name, so... (laughs) (laughs) That was the game I was also playing. (laughs) You know, one of these days I'm going to get away with it again. No, because in uh, Phantom Pain, some guy gets facially reconstructed to look exactly like Venom Snake, and so did Mir. Mir oh, is. okay. Well, Venom Snake gets reconstructed to look exactly like Naked Snake. Okay, yeah, you're right. He is Venom Snake. Yes. Naked Snake is a big boss. Yes. Gotcha. Oh, no, it's convoluted. But that means that Mir is Songstress Snake. Pop Snake, obviously. Ooh, Pop Snake's good, yeah. Well, yes, because as we discovered in the following episode, is it the following episode? Lacus herself is Songstress Snake. That is true, yes. The Songstress is returning to the battlefield. <laughs> <laughs> the true Songstress has returned. Praise the sun. <laughs> but I, oh, man. I just I said that, and then I just heard in my head, you know, the king has returned. So we got a clip episode this week. We're all very excited to watch it. Tyler, what did you think of the clippiness? I like the song that they're playing underneath the first half of it. Yeah, it's very weird to say this wasn't intended when they have an original song that only appears in this episode. Is it? Yeah. Have you ever heard this song before in this series, Zach? I mean, I could have heard it before and just not filed it away. Yeah, I mean, it's not particularly unique or anything, but like, I'm pretty sure it is a song for this episode. It um, is. At the very least, it only appears in this episode. I feel like this episode existed because they're like, oh, we need people to have more emotional connection with Mir, but I, this does not at all help establish it. Quite honestly, I had, I kind of had a similar feeling of, like, basically some dude was, r- like, writing this stuff down as the series was going along, mostly to try and keep Mir's character consistent, and then they're like, shit, we don't have the script for this episode, and the dude's like, well, I got this. <laughs> like, all right, and let's just plug it in and animate. Let's go, because it's basically all clips anyway. Given where we are in the series, it's very difficult to say they meant to put a clip episode here. There are certain strategies for it, right? Hey, it's good to remind everyone of what's happening right before the series is about to end, I suppose, is the best I can think of. But I do think a lot of this Mir Diary stuff was originally planned because I think Mir is supposed to be the example of why Durundal's plan is bad. Because she was forced into exactly the role yes. she needed to be in. It's it's unclear to me exactly but what Durundle is proposing. The only problem with that is you've already got Kira and Athrun effectively acting as examples for why his plan is theoretically a good thing. Because they were both forced into the same spot, but they keep choosing to go back to it. But this series needs some example for it, right? And I think that's the purpose Mira is supposed to serve. Rundle did use her. He did take advantage of her genetic talents of sounding exactly like Lacus Klein. And this added in tragedy for her. Now, arguably, it only ended in tragedy when she stopped playing that role and get down Mr. President and Lacus. But I think that is thematically what's supposed to be going on. 
because otherwise the next episode is just Lacus and Kira and Atherin being like, Durundle bad. Us no like. Us like Durundle plan, but no like Durundle. <laughs> Hit Durundle with Freedom Club. <laughs> I mean, you could be right, and that could be what they're trying to go for here, but I honestly did not really catch on to that. It felt more like it was a matter of, oh, crap, we don't have what we actually are supposed to have for this one. I think it's 50-50, because I definitely think there is some of that, unavoidably. And I will talk even more about how great it would have been if this was the episode where Luna and Shin met up with Atherin and Meirin and had a discussion before the big climax, instead of this being the episode where it's like, hey, remember Mir Campbell? She died last week. <laughs> remember the one character we have with an arc in this series? Yeah, Here's we a, killed her last week. Here's her arc. We could have had sweet moon adventures instead, and imagine how much better it would have been. Shin helping to fix the flat tire on Lacus and Kira's car. <laughs> would no, it'd great. actually be Ray who pulls over to do- actually. Shin convinces Ray to get out of the car and do it. Is what no, would see, happen. Ray, the thing is, Ray wouldn't help. So Lunamari and Shin would have to be out like on a date or something like that. And the four people's other car, Lacus, Kira, Mayron, and uh, Atherin, are all there, and they're trying to fix this tire. But since Kira has all of his points into OS stuff, he can't actually do anything with his hands, really. So he doesn't know how to change the tire. So Shin and Lunamari have to pull over to help them out. And it's like the Spider-Man meme. (laughs) Everyone's pointing at everybody else. 100% though, Shin does not know how to change a tire, which is why I said that Ray had to do it. No, Shin doesn't know. (laughs) Lunamaria does. Yeah, Luna does. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) I just assumed she wasn't here in this scenario, but yeah. No, I really wish Shin and Luna got a date together on the moon. And I'll talk about that more next week, where I think it's more valid, but I really, really wish they had some time to themselves without Ray being the devil on their shoulder so Luna can actually be the angel on Shin's shoulder, instead of just being like, hi, remember you have a girlfriend now? And Shin's like, oh yeah, I do. <laughs> I'm it really bad feel, at it. It does feel like <laughs> Luna Mari is kind of intended to be kind of like the angel on his shoulder as opposed to Ray, but... But we're talking about next week's episode, because this is a clip episode. Hey, guys, I got this Gundam Seed art book with my fancy DVDs, so I thought I would bring it out so we can talk about it whenever <laughs> the clip episode is boring. So Did you, you know, act- it's- Did you actually buy that? I bought the a deluxe edition of Gundam Seed and then never opened it because they fucked up the originals. But then my uh, replacements came, and I'm like, I should actually open that. I'm like, oh, I forgot. It came with this art book. That's potentially a lot more interesting than this clip episode. I've read it cover to cover. Much more interesting. (laughs) So if you want to watch this episode, Mir, and then do our podcast on it and send it to us so we don't have to, (laughs) www.lastpodcast.com is our website. You can find our Discord. You Figure out how to give it to us there. You can watch it on Crunchyroll or YouTube or I think still Hulu. This is episode 46, Mir. Funimation still probably has it too. We start by remembering Mir's death with very different music from when it was actually happening. Which It's much more tragic music and I get what they're going for, but it doesn't fit these scenes nearly as well as the action music and the suspense music that was in them in the previous episode. Yeah, it was a lot more espionage and then this goes on for, like, also, I think, three and a half minutes before we get this to... This is way too long of a last time on, more or less. Well, they didn't have a script, so they have to do something. <laughs> last time, Atherin found his ex-girlfriend's... Girl... Stalker. <laughs> yeah, girl stalker. <laughs> and pulls a gun on her. She doesn't like this, so she pulls a gun on him. This doesn't go well for there, her. There's no way Mir was actually a lack of stalker. Because in this, we find out she doesn't know what brand of makeup Blackus uses. Or, like, really any of her personal mannerisms or anything. She's just, like, a big fan. 
who happens to sound identical to her. What I want to know is how exactly does Lacus duck the paparazzi so much? Because they mentioned... Tacosta. <laughs> she hardly ever appears in public. She was also the daughter of the president, which probably helps. She got to use that space secret service. I mean, yeah, but think about when Obama was president. There, there were all kinds of tabloids and stuff about that around his kids. Yeah, but coordinators have evolved beyond tabloids. <laughs> no, no, no. No one is ever above tabloids. Human beings are no way are above tabloids. We love those. Well, that's why DeRundle has to bring the natural order back and find out the people best suited to writing tabloids and put them in the tabloid press. <laughs> yeah, it turns out that the coordinators have actually just started sucking at writing them. So they're like, reasonable headline. And you're like, hmm, no, that, that doesn't spark interest. <laughs> Bigfoot on Junius 4? Not likely. <laughs> Are there space cryptids? Do they have cryptids There's in space? There's that flying whale, right? The they have the actual evidence of. So. Yeah, except that, yeah, I was going to say that's like a real thing. I'm like... But you have to imagine that would create cryptid enthusiasts, right? Yeah, it, like do people spin-offs. like create new things to exist on their space colonies? Like, I saw a jackalope, but like, you're in space. Did you bring jackalopes with you? No, see, I, th- I think it's a matter of the cryptids and whatnot don't exist in the colonies necessarily or in the plants. They're like, my buddy who was out traveling from one plant to the other saw this thing in space. So all of the cryptids revolve around being in space around certain times. Okay, yeah, it's I like can the, see that. It, you know, it, if you're traveling between Junius 4 and Junius 6 at, on, you know, in June, at midway through June, then you can possibly see this one particular cryptid thing. Like, it's all that kind of crap. Say it's the Jupiter Cabra. That worked a lot better in my head than it did out loud. <laughs> it's the Jupacabra? Yeah, I, I toyed with that. I'm like, that. I, oh no, I feel like that's ambiguous. I really want Jupiter in there specifically. The Lock Mars Monster. No. What are any of the... There's like the Sea of Despair or something. The Sea of Tranquility, but I think the Sea of Tranquility is on the moon. Yeah, well, hey, moon has people living on it in this setting. I also think there might be a colony, like there might be a town built into the Sea of Tranquility. It seems like a good spot for it. It doesn't get. It's a big ass crater. Yeah. So and it doesn't get pounded by asteroids anymore, or at least not as often. I don't. I don't think it. I don't think it gets hit by asteroids very much anymore, just because there aren't very many rogue asteroids floating around in the. Well, comparatively speaking, there's probably still billions floating around in the solar system somewhere. Yeah, and the Earth probably sinks those for the moon. So we finally get done with the last time in the opening sequence and cut to the Archangel where Moo is telling Maru how Mir died. And Atherin is like just carrying her body through the ship. It's very Spock's funeral. Given that Star Trek was an influence for Gundam Seed, I think that's on purpose. But maybe that's just what I think of when I see a space funeral. I get the feeling like because they show all the Archangel's crew lined up. And I feel like it's one of those situations where all these people were going to the hangar to see, and they all popped out, and everyone kind of just moved off to the side. It struck me as really weird that she got, like, this weird level of respect and decorum, considering that literally no one on this ship knows her except Atherin. I was going to say Marin, but Marin has only seen her a couple of times. But that's the amount of respect that people are paying to Atherin. Yeah, okay, that's fair. I'll buy that. Alakis asks if Ather knows anything about her other than that she's from the plants, and he's like, only her name. I never even bothered to ask her anything. I was too busy being sexually assaulted by her. You did have a lot of other things on your mind whenever she popped up. It's not like there was a lot of time that you could just spend talking to her. So Lacus, like a trained adventurer, starts going through her purse for loot, <laughs> takes out the lipstick, like, might need this later, and is like, oh, she's got, like, 
a floppy disk? What the fuck are those doing in the future? It's not a floppy disk, Jeremy. It's microfilm. So Kira's like, eh, I can probably get this to work in my laptop. I am very good at computers and sticks it in. It's like Soul Gideon version 1.200000. Yeah, it turns out Mir was also a programmer, and the only thing she ever made was Notepad. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, she's got real nice stationery for this, her digital diary. Though I could definitely see somebody, if they were setting up something for a diary, doing this and having like their own stationery thing set for it. I do like how both Kira, Atherin, and Marin have apparently gone and taken the time to change into uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Also, which raises the question, where did Mayrin get her uniform? I guess the only thing she would technically have to find is the hat. Because she was wearing her uniform when she Got left abducted. with Atherin. Yeah. You'd think that would be a little uh, in disrepair, given the state in which given the Isaka explosion. found them. But, you know, she's real good at laundry. So, Or they just got it from really somebody else. I don't know why she doesn't have oh, an yeah. orb uniform, though. I, like, why has she got a Zaft uniform, other than they already had the model for that? Yeah, so the Black looks... Tristars were also in their Zaft uniforms. Yes, but... <laughs> Maybe she borrowed one from one of them. But in their case, I could understand it more, because they're kind of still attached to it. And the two greens are both the guys, for one thing, and bigger than her. Yep, that's true. So she wouldn't have the skirt, and we see later on that she has the Zaft uniform skirt on. Hey, don't judge. I'm not. I'm just saying that the uniform they had on there had pants. She crafted it herself. No, she's I'm one just of those say- people who takes all the crafting professions. Ah, that makes sense. No, it, okay, she's so that it was type part, of rogue. It was it, it was part of her spy training. It, it's, it <laughs> yeah. comes out of the disguise skill. Yeah, exactly. So, did anyone else pause on the diary and read it, and then? realize later that you should regret that because Mir just says it all later. Yeah, but it's amazing that she actually does, right? Yeah, the subtitles are much better translated than the journal itself, but... I think I just remember that it's spoken, so I didn't actually... Yeah, it's almost verbatim. Also, a lot of times I've found whenever there's a lot of text in a show like this or any other anime, if it shows you a lot of text, that shit's getting narrated. Yep. But we do a podcast, and this is a clip episode, and we have nothing to talk about, so it seems like a good conversation starter. So we cut the mirror right after her surgery, looking at herself and be like, oh my god, I'm Lacus Klein. And here she looks way more drawn like Lacus Klein to me than anywhere else. I think it's because she doesn't have the star accessory, which kind of throws things off a little bit. Like, it's weird that that's the case, but that's kind of the thing that throws me off the most, because probably because it's so much bigger than, than Lacus's, like, chevrons. I've also pointed out I think her nose looks pretty different most of the time, but here it doesn't. I really like this drawing of her, which is why I'm drawing attention to it. But I don't know. She looks like peak Lacus Klein to me. We're going to see a lot of young Lacus Klein juxtaposed to modern Lacus Klein and that weird subtle design shift. So the one where I bring it up. I do remember the scene where it shows her with the collar dress, the, the cone of shame dress. So she's like, yeah, I sound like Lacus Klein, but how do I be Lacus Klein? And then while she's walking through, I guess, a Lacus Klein museum (laughs) or something. I curate it. (laughs) I could see Jeremy doing that. Yeah, actually. I think this is one of those situations where someone set this aside so that she could try and, like, figure out how to be Lacus. But it's also, like, clearly an art installation because they have, like, all these things hanging at different heights from the ceiling on strings. Like, the plastic surgeon used it to make sure he got it perfect. Ah. ah. It's it's actually his, uh, like... Mood room. <laughs> Comes in here and listens to Mozart while... <laughs> no, you listen to Lacus because you're trying to... Oh, you're yeah, you're trying to get point. Lacus, not Mozart. 
Now I want to see the version where Durundal made somebody Mozart to get everybody on his side. So she's like, yeah, Lacus never appears in public. She's very private. Unless she's singing. I love how seriously Mira's like staring at people, like watching copies well, of... It actually makes a lot of sense because she's trying... In her mind, she's filling in for Lacus. Like, she's helping Lacus, and that's, like, what she's always wanted to do. Is, number one, meet Lacus. Number two, help Lacus. Yep. And someone is saying that Lacus needs your help, so she's trying to be, you know, I, I need to make sure I do it right. I do really love the bit where she's like, I bet Miss Lacus isn't as cool as she always seems. I wish we, the audience, got to see more of that, but I do like <laughs> the detail. Also, just noticed that her backup band definitely has a Heat Hawk guitar. Yep, that is also something oh, that I'm going is to rad. You can't defend against cool. Okay, so I have a question. Does Lacus perform solo? If not, does she have a backup band? And if so, are these Lacus's backup band? Does anyone in the Lacus fandom notice that she has a new backup band? I feel like that would be not unusual, right? Britney Spears probably changes backup bands all the time, right? That's true. Yeah, I guess I have no idea. I think it probably depends on the on the individual. I think a lot of times if it's if it's like one guy, for the most like the the artist is like named one dude. It's not a band. They they probably switch backup bands every couple months or something like that, depending on whatever kind of like contract they have with them. And I know a lot will have ones they want to work with and continue to, but I don't think it's nearly as big a deal as say if a member of a full musical group leaves. That makes sense. And she hasn't been around for a while, so her showing up with a new backup band also maybe didn't seem like the weirdest part of that. Oh uh, yeah, I forgot that she had been undercover doing. Well, she was not. Per- she was not performing for at least the last six months of that war, and then she kind of vanished for two years. Yeah. So we see Mira doing a bunch of photo shoots as Lacus, really trying to work out the sexy, being like, "Man, I hope they get the details about what makeup she uses right." As we get a nice close up of her putting on her lipstick. And Lacus is like, God, this is awkward. <laughs> or if she's thinking, oh, God, now I, now it's ruined. I was so excited. And I'm like, yeah, it's the same brand I use. I can just slip it right in and it'll be fine. But now I'll feel guilty about it. I, I, Lacus I, steals I, it anyway. I, I kind of had the reading on that of, I'd never have used this in my life. I'm not even entirely sure what this brand is. Either that or she's looking back at it and going, I don't even know what brand of makeup I usually used. I let someone do that for me. <laughs> We get a bunch of shots of Mir juxtaposed with the various magazine shots she does as Lacus later, where she's like, oh, man, this is even better than dreaming about being Lacus." Oh, man, I forgot how bad that, that shot was from the first series. Right. Just young Lacus's like, awkward off-model face. The thing is, I don't think it's off-model. I think they changed the model halfway through. Oh, uh, that that's one wh- shot in particular. That's okay. why it feels really off-model is because of the fact that she spends so much more time as the other model. Yeah, she looks 12 here, standing next to her dad. Well, and I was thinking of the previous one where she was singing. Like, it looks really bad. Like, this looks fine. It's, it's fine. Like Jeremy said, she looks ridiculously young here. But at the same time, like, it's fine. But the other one was just, ugh, that's just bad. That's something I feel like we used to give Destiny credit for, but just kind of stopped because it's been, like, consistently pretty good. But, like, Destiny is pretty damn well drawn. And I forget occasionally how bad Seed was sometimes. Well, it definitely feels like Destiny is using all the A team. Like they don't seem to be using a B team for the most part. There have been one or two shots that have been really bad. Although I think most of those like bad off model shots are actually of mobile suits and the destiny is particularly badly done. So Mir is like, so Lacus's job is to sing, but that's not true. It's actually to pursue peace and justice for all and <laughs> and be Overwatch for the world. 
Wow, so it, it's even more pronounced when it hard cuts to radio, pirate radio Lacus later. Yeah. On. Anyway, today I met Durundle. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, apparently, like they dropped a meteor on Earth or something, and it sucks, and they need me, so I'm gonna read some speeches. That makes me wonder if Durundle. This does make it seem like Durundle planned out the colony drop originally, because it really makes it seem like he had a hand in her and then turning her into Lacus, and that was before this happened. On the other hand, he may have just had a pocket Lacus for when he needed her. That's so. also how I read it, is he was definitely planning something, but I don't think he had anything to do with the Junius 7. I think he was just like, oh man, this happened way before I thought, but at least I did all that prep work. This is way better than what I had in mind. <laughs> Plausible deniability, I actually didn't do it. <laughs> Cut to uh, Mir meeting Atherin, and her being like, I met Atherin, he's the best. I'm such a fangirl for him. I met Atherin. Wow. He's serious, cool, and wonderful. He's got all the best boyfriend stats. Anyway, maybe it's because of the war and the asteroid, but he seemed like he was in a bad mood. He betrayed his own father to be with Lacus and everyone. And I could just see the, the people <laughs> in like the... Everybody head-palming head and Marin being like, what? <laughs> Marin's like, that, is that not what happened? And Kira, Lacus, and Atherin are all just like... I guess Marin must know by now. She did go on like a double date with them. Well, she's also been on the boat for an extended period of time at this point. So, yeah, she's got to know that... She's seen them cuddling a lot. Yeah, that, that Atherin and Lacus, yes, they still care for one another, but it's definitely more of we're friends than we're romantically involved in any way, shape, or form. Mira's like, I wish I was that close to him. Anyway, remember my sexy Sailor Moon transformation with the sheer dress and the boob bouncing? Uh, you do now. <laughs> this now. is speaking of off-model destiny shots. Right? Oh, jeez. <laughs> and now she's going to dance this way. Like... For the rest of the episode. Yeah, pretty much the entire rest of the episode. It's just this on loop. And this is where we get Emotion, which is the song we were talking about that is sung by Rie Tanaka, Lacus's voice actress. You can tell it's different than a lot of Lacus's normal song, because instead of, like, peaceful imagery of countrysides in the background, it's a horror on a disco light-up floor. So do you think the reason why they picked this for such a long extended shot and all this stuff is because this is supposed to be like, this is where Mir's dream actually comes true. I think it's just, we can drop the song here. The song is content. We don't have half a script. I kind of agree with you. I just wanted to, I was just curious what you guys thought of that. Yeah, I think you're about right because it goes to literally her singing and we see all the stuff she did that she's considered a success, like her initial plea with the plants to aid Durandal and, not blame the Earth forces, but defend themselves. Also, the English dub version of this song is very bad. A lot. I'm of, glad I uh, didn't listen to it. A lot of dubbed uh, songs are pretty bad. But the song Lacus usually sings is quite good, and all the other ones they just didn't bother dubbing. Although I think this is probably such a big part of this episode, they feel like they had to. But then it's just like, they even made a pink Zaki for me. Can you believe that? I fucking couldn't. <laughs> Although, to be fair, it wouldn't be that hard to make a pink Zaku. You just take a normal Zaku and get out a spray can. Yeah. <laughs> I totally just pictured a mechanic being like, seriously? And he's just got all these rattle cans of pink behind him. <laughs> it's just like a pile of them. <laughs> Is there not space Mako? <laughs> <laughs> also, I just greatly enjoy the imagery of the Zaku with its horrible spiked sh shoulder pads and its deathly one-eyed visage. That just says, love, spray printed across well, the front of the, it. The red horror on shoulder, the same shoulder where its ammunition canisters are in the shield right next to it. Yep. It's cute and murderific. Is Mirazaku a functional Zaku? I think so. 
I think it's functional, but I don't know that it has any weapons on it. Yeah, I guess that's more what I was asking. Is it a combat-ready Zaku? Quite honestly, I think it is. It looks like the grenades are there. We saw in <laughs> we, we saw in the previous episodes that the shield is where the heat hawk is. That's the one thing I don't like about the model is it does not have a place to store the heat hawk in the shield. Really I was disappointed. Yes, that is and, disappointing. And we can see right there that it has the ammunition things in its shield too. Yeah. So I think, barring the fact that it is not actively carrying a, a gun right now, I think it's fully combat capable and combat ready. Especially if you're sending it into, like, a war zone for, like, what is effectively USO show. You'd still want the thing to be equipped to go into combat if it if it comes down to needing to defend Lacus, I mean, yeah. what better than her bright pink Zaku that says, shoot me, I'm over here. So while the song is still playing, we get to see naked Mir from when she tried to seduce Atherin and be like, man, I didn't expect Atherin to be so shy. We're engaged, so I wish he would at least act like it. I like, at what point does she start actually believing she's Lacus as opposed to <laughs> pretending to be Lacus? And that's blurry here, right? Because she's like, I guess he really is devoted to the real Lacus, but I would be great if he fell in love with me. Uh, I remember this shot. I love Atherin's expression. Pretty good. <laughs> I'm sorry, his expressions in this whole scene are fun. Yeah, but this really feels like padding for time as we just get old clips over song, which aren't even her singing because they've ran out of mere singing clips. I mean, they could just replay that one janky loop again. <laughs> I think they go back to it in a bit. I think so, yeah. Anyway, war was good for filling a few more minutes of this episode. Hey, remember that time Mir was there when Shin blew up a bunch of astrays? No, neither do you I. You remember when she was there when uh, Heine got backstabbed because he wasn't paying attention? Hey, remember Druggies 2.0 and how they were in this series? That feels like a lifetime ago. It super does. I think part of that is the break we took, but only part of it. Hey, remember how uh, Captain Tadaka died? Remember how Mir knew none of this, and why is this in this episode? <laughs> remember Mir's boobs when she got her shuttle stolen? You'd think she would have written something about that in her diary. About how Miss Lacus stole my shuttle? I don't know if they told her Lacus stole your shuttle. They probably told you an impersonator. That's probably what it is. They probably said an impersonator stole your shuttle. My favorite Mir shot from that is her with the angry Jigglypuff face. It's pretty good. <laughs> I love that the subs, we, we cut into uh, Durundle giving a speech, and he opens it up with people. Well, he well, just I mean, watched the second Death Note opening. Well, it's better than, uh, <laughs> yo, sup. Sup, bitches. I'm Gil. Gil Durundle. It's your boy Gil. Remember to like and subscribe. <laughs> the literal president, Gilbert Durundle. <laughs> the president of cool. Also, the literal president, anyway. You know, the only thing I have a problem with when they show the daggers running around out there and it's like they're attacking civilians, like, this would be perfect for you to just input the slaughter daggers there. Yeah, well, the ones that are to <laughs> animate those. But what, what is the slaughter dagger built for? War crimes. <laughs> it's not built for war crimes. It just has Vulcan guns in its feet for anti-infantry purposes. <laughs> what's, it, what's this used for? Protests. <laughs> <laughs> then we awkwardly get the eye catch. Hey everyone, and thanks for listening along to this clip episode with us. I legitimately consider just pulling clips of my other mid-spots to make this mid-spot, because that would be hilarious, but I don't know that there are actually enough good jokes between them, so obviously I'm not doing that. Hey, obviously Destiny's wrapping up soon, and we're going to be soliciting questions for our End of Destiny wrap-up relatively shortly. Uh, also, a quick plug for the Patreon, where we just put up our second episode on the Evangelion Rebuild movies. The second one? Pretty awesome. Not nearly as wild as the third one, though, but we'll get to that later. I think with that, I'll let you get back to the episode. Bye. And it's 
like, oh god, this episode's only half over. Then we get Mir's cold body lying on a slab. It looks like it's an interrogation room to me, which I love. <laughs> they We're repurposed like, an interrogation room. You would think they would have a morgue on a battleship like this. Uh, I don't really think so, actually. I mean, you'd have the uh, infirmary. Thank you. You'd have the infirmary, but what good is a morgue going to do you? At yeah, that point, I'm pretty them. sure it's just, you know, the, you just space them as a kind of a Blackwater Navy funeral type of thing. Because you're not going to want to carry bodies around. Because even battleships nowadays, they don't have morgues. Although, saying that about battleships, they don't really exist nowadays, so I'm pretty sure they don't have morgues. But who knows? So anyway, Atherin decides he's had enough and runs off, and Kira's like, hey, Kigali, you want to... Oh, wait, she's not here. Um, Sorry, Mira, I gotta go help my friend. <laughs> I, I gotta go. To I know where him. he's going. Marin, you can wait here with Lacus. So Lacus is like, oh, we were just getting to the good part, though. <laughs> I also dubbed this segment Emotional Support Kira, because he just wanders back and forth between people <laughs> yeah. who need a hug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, how did this become my job? It's a good thing my girlfriend is so good at it, so I get all these relationship boosts to it. It's because they're constantly in a party. They provide bonuses to each other. Yeah. Kira probably gives Lacus immense mecha combat <laughs> boosts, and Lacus gives him all kinds of relationship boosts, but she never pilots a Gundam or anything like that. Anyway, I think this is about the part where Mir starts getting full of herself, talking about how her words are the words of Lacus Klein, and... They're moving the world. And yeah, I don't write my own speeches. And it's just because everyone thinks Lacus is talking. But I really do believe it. And I'm the word saying it. So it's my achievements, right? I truly believe in what I'm saying and all that kind of stuff. And because I said it, they're mine, right? That's how that works? Yeah, close enough. They'll be attributed to her later. Oh, man. I totally had an image of that guy from Vandred uh, who basically bitch slaps the main character and is like, come get me again when you have your own words to say. Instead of repeating things other people tell you. It's like that guy pops up and does that with Mir. <laughs> it's a little bit like a bright slap. Anyway, Atherin's not thinking clearly, going and having thoughts of his own and running off. And she that's when, you know, she shows him the picture of him meeting with Kira and them. And then she writes in her diary about that time that he tried to Batman with her. But hey, what the chairman is saying is right, isn't it? So why would Atherin betray us? I like how, even though she was having second thoughts while hearing Atherin beat up a bunch of guards, the second he pops in the window, he's like, let's go! She's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> she's all I, about it. For, but she's also weirdly has her head about her, because a few seconds later, she's like, hey, what are we doing? I, I think it's just one of those things where she wasn't really necessarily thinking about it. Well, she let herself Atherin, get swept up in the moment, but only yeah, for a moment. When Atherin pops back in and is like, come with me. Come with me if you want to live. And she's like, the chairman wouldn't really kill me, right? That's impossible. Anyway, stuff we already knew that was on her mind at this point, very recently. This whole second half of this episode really doesn't need to be here. And you can trim down the first half pretty hard, too. I was thinking when I was watching this, if there was a better way to incorporate Mir's backstory other like before now, so it's not like, okay, here's her backstory after we've killed this character. I think it's deliberate to talk about how like they didn't really know her and she had all this internal struggle they didn't even know about. But you don't need a full episode for it. Maybe the first part of this was intended where it was all basically all the early stuff with Mir. Like that was already planned out and intended. And then the second half is where they kind of lost track or didn't get the script in time or something like that. Even if you just take out all the stuff that doesn't have dialogue of Mir explaining herself, right? Like the huge previously on. And all of that battle footage we talked about that doesn't fit, you this, gain a lot of time in this episode. Yeah. say the stuff that's just music playing. So that does kind of make it feel like, at the very least, this wasn't finished. It's well known that scripts were turned in late and unfinished for 
towards the back half of Gundam Seed Destiny. Yeah, so they're really trying to pad for time. And it feels like it, like you said. So Kira and Atherin have a conversation about how Atherin's like, ah, oh, I should have told him right up front this was a bad idea. And Kira's like, yeah, what were you going to do? Obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty. She's dead now, and we know she was a good person. And if Lacus hadn't been targeted, we might have believed him too. That was really Chairman DeRundle's only mistake this entire time, trying to shoot my girlfriend. <laughs> I mean, that's definitely what it makes it feel like. It's like, he did a great thing through all of this, except when he tried to shoot my girlfriend. I have been thinking a lot about, I'm with no serious intent, doing a fan dub of Destiny specifically. And in my head, DeRundle is the big Lebowski. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is a joke that has some serious legs. Just call Shin Dude every time? Yeah. <laughs> Ray Dude! Rao Dude! Akis Dude! That is one of my my problems, I think, with that, is that Kira and them are like, yeah, we probably have believed him, too, if he hadn't tried to shoot Lacus. I'm like, aren't you guys supposed to be smarter than that? Maybe I'm giving you too much credit. Maybe I'm too much of a cynic. I think it's a little that, because like I said, when I first watched this, I actually really liked the Rundle's plan, and I think it's a New World Order. And the sci-fi concept, it has a lot of legs. And it's like I said, my biggest frustration with Destiny is the way that Kira, Atherin, and Lacus treat that. And how they're like, this is a great idea. We must stop him. And I feel like the show does a very bad job of showing why it's a good idea and why it's a bad idea. Yeah, I mean, I watched it later in life, I think, than you did. Because I watched Seed in general later than you did. And my immediate reaction upon finding out what Durundle's whole plan was, was, that's a terrible fucking idea. I mostly think it's just not tenable because, like, systems tend towards entropy. So, like, you can impose order for a while, but it's going to fall apart. And well, Rumble's hum- going to die one day. Humans are naturally inclined to rebel against people. Yeah, you always got that do. one asshole, right? <laughs> Especially Americans. And I think that's the biggest problem to me is I don't know why Durundle's plan accounts for that. I do kind of get the idea of, like, if everybody had the stuff they wanted, they wouldn't rebel. Kind of makes sense. I think the idea for the forced thing, this comes up later, but is kind of along the lines of, I have the biggest gun, now do what I say. Yeah, definitely. But it also feels like it devolved to that, and that was not necessarily the original plan. I think it was always the original plan. I think that was entirely his idea. Durundle's like, it sure was convenient there was a moon laser. That was part of my plan. That there well, might sure, be a moon laser. they had a moon laser, so I didn't have to build one. Either that or you was already working with Jabril. I don't I think that's that. the case, given how much spite Jabril seems to have for Durundle. Jabril just has so much spite for Durundle because Durundle didn't pay back his $50 debt. He lost a bet with on a chess game. No, well, no, it's, it's that picture Durundle drew of Jabril as a clown that we will see <laughs> next week. <laughs> and he just never forgave him for it. Like that time, that apocryphal... That apocryphal time that at a party, Jack Kirby was asked to draw Dr. Doom without his mask and Drew Stanley. Anyway, Durundle is the one trying to stop fights, just like me and Lacus, And he has a plan, unlike us, whose plan was, I don't know, hang out at our mom's mansion. Hope we don't get assassinated. It's one thing to say he has a plan. It's quite another thing to find, does he have a working plan? The answer is no. I mean, because Kira and Lacus are going to stop him, though. No, because people in general, that's not going to work. Like Tyler said, things tend towards entropy, and people are in general going to say, no, I'm not interested. I think it, like, I'm just wondering how he plans maintain it, or enact it in the first place? I don't know. There's like, I have a bigger gun than you, and you will do what I say, or I will shoot you with it. I mean, we're dipping into the next episode a little bit, but, like, he has a supercomputer? What is the super- does it just, like, calculate what everyone's best job would be? Is that it? 
It's the chip thing from Futurama. Yep. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Uh, Kira does kind of get on Zack's thing where he's like, it, he only had room for his lackeys in the world. He's incredibly arrogant, and that's the weakest reason this is going to fail. And Durundle is nothing if not arrogant. I can agree with that. Anyway, remember that time Lacus Klein was like, hey, I'm Lacus Klein? It was only a couple of episodes ago. <laughs> I mean, granted, if you're the, uh, the last time on Gundam Crew, I forgot what podcast we were on <laughs> temporarily there. The, the It's a Time Crew, if you will. <laughs> uh, Jumpstart Gundam. Last, last, last Jump Gundam. Lacus Weekly. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like a year ago since you last saw this episode. This might be useful, but otherwise, no. Anyway, Mira's like, am I Lacus or am I Dancer? <laughs> and Lacus gets so emotional about this that she almost destroys the data file thingy. This has got to be weird and rough for Lacus. I can totally buy that. Yeah. But hey, the emotional support Kira is here. He was like, yep, timed it perfect. I was like, Atherin, hold that thought. I will be right back. I sense my girlfriend is having a breakdown. It happens once a series. It was a lot worse last time her dad died. This is just kind of some weird fucked up stuff. But I do need to go give her a hug. It, 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 like I said, it's got to be super weird because you're basically standing there staring at you on a slab. I mean, this is like something out of the out of the Scarecrow's fear gas shit going on here for Lacus. Yeah, and her last words were, "Hey, please remember me." And like her whole life is like Lacus Klein, a person I've never met and have a weird parasocial relationship with, is the most important person in my life. Anyway, let's stuff her with some packing peanuts and space her. They're still on the moon. I assume she gets to be buried on the moon. I assume so, because they're loading her onto a truck, but and I think they're flower petals and not packing peanuts. They're, they're definitely fl- uh, flowers. They're not packing peanuts. <laughs> one of those weird, like, asides there, Lacus, the only one not in uniform, was the only one that wasn't saluting. I noticed that. Anyway, Durandal has another big speech where he's like, so why did Moon Laser? I guess we'll never know the answer, really. But we need to figure out how to never Moon Laser again. The answer may surprise you. <laughs> Click this article. Oh, wait, I'm on TV. Uh... Anyway, remember this entire series, how, na- how our destroyed colony fell to Earth and everything escalated beyond our control? And now life sucks again? Apparently, uh, Shin and Ray have a huge TV in their room. Well, yeah, Ray insisted to make sure that Shin could see all his speeches in the greatest of detail. Okay, like I like that there, there's a shot of a pair of astrays carrying a building. Just... Picking it up and carrying it. That, that's not how construction... <laughs> well, I assume they're removing rubble. I don't yeah. think no, they're going to put the... No, but they're literally carrying yeah. a building. Like, it would fall apart because that's... Tactile telekinesis. <laughs> what? It was a modular home, Zach. Mod- modular homes are just very nice in the future. That was an office building. That was the top half of an office building. Very nice in the future. In the 90s, to explain how Superman could lift stuff like that, they said he wasn't actually super strong. He just had tactile telekinesis which is telekinesis for things he was touching. That's hilariously stupid. Then you don't have to worry about structural integrity. If Jean Grey lifted a building, you wouldn't be like, but it should collapse, right? Therefore, (laughs) Superman can do that, but only if he's touching it. Imagine if he could extend his chi field. Goku? Yes. (laughs) He just becomes Super Goku. Anyway, Drundle's like, I bet part of it was Logos, who we have now destroyed, so that's good. But you know who the real enemy is? Ourselves, man. Isn't that deep? Whoa. <laughs> I mean, he is in full TED Talk mode, so yes. Sitting in his Death Star chair. Death Star chair. <laughs> he's even got the window behind him. Yes, give in to your hatred. Except for he's actually the opposite. He's like, ah, your hatred all sucks. Let me deal with it for you. Oh, anyway, no, he's odium. Anyway, we have to defeat ourselves. 
in Mortal Kombat. But that seems real hard, and that game kind of sucks. So instead, just submit your DNA to me. Anyway, he's really padding for time. I feel like they just told... They, they're like, oh, we have Char Asnable voicing this guy. What's this right in the script? Char goes for three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we have to defeat ourselves. Yeah, that's not going to work. I he's, mean, they said Durandal's a dreamer. You're nope. still going to have that one prick who doesn't like the fact that his girlfriend got with somebody else and decides to shoot them all. And so his end statement was, anyway, human emotions suck. And this causes riots for some reason. I don't know why. I think it's just supposed to be examples of it. Oh, I totally just that had makes a, more I, sense. Sorry, I forgot how this series goes. Guy doesn't like the fact that his girlfriend gets with somebody else, so he builds a super weapon. Yep. <laughs> I wanted to circle back to that, Zach, because I kind of wonder if part of Durandal's motivation is if I'd never met Gladys, I would have been half... If I had been with the person I'm supposed to be with genetically from the straw to produce the best offspring, would I have never felt that heartache? How does it go? Better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. Except if you're Durundal, I guess. So, <laughs> I, Like I said, I just wonder. Except Durundal's a little bitch. I just wonder, because that's not really consistent with the way the series ends. But I do wonder if that's part of his motivation or if that's part of what sent him so far down this hole of genes are everything. Was that genes are what caused him to lose his love. They weren't compatible or something like that. And she's like, I want a kid. Yeah. Anyway, remember that time Shin was angry? That has relevant to the things I'm saying. Anyway, people are dicks, like Zach keeps saying, so we have to stop them with genes. Somehow. It flashes through a bunch of people talking, and I just have the immediate thought of one of those people talking to the other guy. The fuck is he talking about? Yeah, again, this is uh, Gilbert's high school philosophy rant that he's giving as his final presentation in class. It's not very well. He, he got I like feel a- like it's at least civics. Okay, fair. I feel like he gets like a B- minus on this. Maybe a C+. Plus. He did get an A- plus in genetics, though. Yes, he did do that. That's really where this is born out of. He was working so hard on his genetics homework that he forgot to actually <laughs> write his civics speech. So he's like, uh, I'll just use my, my uh, gene therapy research paper. This is basically just an extended version of the speech he gives all the pilots so that one time he invites them over for dinner. Yeah, which Shin will realize next episode. Or maybe this episode? I guess Shin just had a flashback to him or to uh, Durundal telling him about Athens. No, because next episode is when he goes through and talks to Ray about it. Like, he realizes ah. it here. It's just a matter of it gets kind of solidified when he talks to Ray. I like how Millie's not watching the TV. She's, like, just really focused on her job. No, Millie has it on her own screen. Ah, uh, that makes sense. Anyway, I hereby initiate the Destiny Plan. Hey, that's the name of the show. And that's the end of the episode. With Shin be like, huh. That's what it is. Huh. <laughs> and Athrun being like, ooh, that's a rundle. And Ray being like, I don't know why I'm angry. I agree with this plan. <laughs> Ray's just always angry. As and everybody gonna... else has to, is angry. So, so, so he's like, I need to be part of the group. Ray's a follower. Uh, no, I was going to say he's uh, running low on his clone pill dose, as we'll find out next episode. So he's like already feeling the like effects of that and just like hasn't gotten up to go take them yet. Kira and Lachis look determined, and it's almost a perfect episode ending. But we have to cut back to Durundle in his Death Star chair to ruin it. Tyler, what's your high point? Um, I actually kind of dig the song that they use, so I will say emotion, the song. Zach, what's your high point? Uh, what is my high point? I think I might have to go with uh, emotional support Kira. That was what I was going to do. Well, it was either emotional support Kira or my second choice was Lacus Breakdown, but it's attached to emotional support <laughs> So Kira. you're taking both of mine is sure. what you're doing. You jerk. Well, I mean, I can only have one. It was just either or, so you can have the other one. Yeah, it's it's Lacus being like, oh man, this is weird and fucked up. I wish I had helped her better. 
I have a runner-up also, which is every time that Mir meets someone new, she's like, oh, it's this person. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, the only people that she puts down in the diary like that are the two people who are already famous. That's fair. Wow. She she didn't put in there like, I met Ted, my uh, my backup (laughs) guitarist. Wow! He did have a cool Heat Hawk guitar, so I would actually wow. Do you really think that uh, Mir knew what a Heat Hawk was? I mean, she gets a Zaku. That doesn't mean she knows what it does. That's fair. Wait, these kill people? Tyler, what's your low point? Oh boy. Oh boy. I'm actually going to take specifically how long Durundle's speech is, because I feel like he makes each point like three times before moving on to the next point. And I feel like he could just make each point once, and that would be fine. Seed has a lot of speechifying, a lot of which doesn't really hold up. Destiny is so much worse at it, though. Zach, what's your low point? The fact that it's four minutes before we get to what is ostensibly new content, because we get the entire last Four minutes, time Zach, on. I counted 22. Well, before <laughs> the opening, I guess. Because it was all, because it was basically four minutes, and then it, of last time on, then we got to... The only real new shots, which were Atherin carrying Mir. What is your low point, Jeremy? The stretch in the middle of like, hey, remember how war is bad? Remember the druggies? This has nothing to do with anything. But remember when Shin shot a guy and threw a spear at a guy? I think Atherin was there. Remember how this relates to Mir at all? Remember how she knows any of this? All right. We forgot to put anything on our mobile suit list last week, and we're running out of episodes, so we got to put something on there this week. What we, do we have left? Five Gundams, if you count the Akatsuki as a Gundam, which it is. It's got a Gundam Didn't OS. Didn't we put the Akatsuki on there? Yeah, I thought we did already. I don't believe we did, because we have not seen its space mode, and I wanted to leave it up oh, off well. until okay. that. So we got Fancy New Freedom, the Fancy New Justice, the Destiny, and the Legend. The Legend makes the most sense to me. It is the one I think we have seen the most complete Ugh. picture of. Yeah, no, I'm fine putting the legend on. Um, sure. So it's garbage. I don't think it's garbage, but I don't think it's good. It's obviously a descendant of the Providence Gundam, so that's and where I we're stuck. I prefer the Providence Same. pretty handily. I hate them both. But one's derpy starfish as opposed to, I guess, derpier starfish? I, a lot of the asymmetry in the Providence kind of grew on me. I like its like shield gun. I like the big bazooka beam gun it has. The legend files all that away for symmetry, which is usually something I like more. It's sleeker, but I don't think it looks as good. I also think its color scheme is worse, being darker. Yeah, like dark puce. It's uh, no Momica pool. Another Gundam Zack doesn't like, the Gaia. I like the Gaia more than the legend as well, actually. I do, too, if I'm honest. It's got a better color balance, I think. It's just a Baku that also transforms into not a Baku. Since we're in the druggy Gundam section, the next one we have down here is the Abyss. And I actually do like the Legend more than the Abyss. I think I disagree. Uh, I think because I might I li- prefer Discount Death Scythe. <laughs> I, say I like the Abyss's color scheme pretty well. I like its gimmick all right. So. Oh, wait a minute. What was the energy reflector thing from Gundam Seed? The Zamzasaw? No, it was one of the uh, one of the other dra- the first druggy Gundams. It had the ability to, to like deflect lasers and with it its, its forward bendy shield. laser. Oh, the Forbidden. Okay, Discount Forbidden, I think, is better. It's <laughs> it's Aqua Forbidden. Forbidden is Discount Death Scythe, and the Abyss is Discount Forbidden. So the Chaos Gundam, like the Legend, has funnels, and I also like the Legend more than the Chaos. That's Green Druggy Gundam, right? Yes, its features include funnels and Sting Oakley. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think I might like the chaos a bit more, because I really hate starfish ass. I really have no opinion, which is going to make this decision very hard. Um, 
I say that, I think I'm going to give it to the Legend, actually. Um, I think Legend's funnels are slightly cooler, even if its color scheme is definitely worse. So I know right where the Legend goes, but we do have to formalize it. The final question, is the Legend better or worse than the Gabaldi rebake? Oh. I like the rebake a lot more. Yeah, me too. I don't, but you two like the rebake, so... The Legend Gundam gives it number 51, above the Chaos and below the Gabaldi rebate. It's got the stupid scissor hammer. How can it's you not like It's got an artillery cannon. Also that. Also, it, it's got a really lame pilot. It's not a lame pilot. He's just tired all the time. Okay, fair. He needs a nap. It's got a pilot who needs a nap really bad. All right. Join us next week when we will watch a real episode of Gundam Seed Destiny, and yet somehow less will happen when we watch Phase 48 to a new world. Until then, we have to keep watching. It is our destiny. We are.